0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
1: Yeah,
0: can I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does this smell good? Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas's ultimate sports fan destination.
2: All right, it is noon on a Wednesday. Time for all today's top sports stories in one place. Wolf and Diary Lunch, Aaron Maloney is here. Eric.
3: So we just played that cut from Ian Rappaport from NFL Network saying that he doesn't know if there is a market out there for Sean Payton. So, do you think the Cardinals now need to rush to hire, say, Dan Quinn or someone that they brought in so that another team doesn't get them.
2: Didn't we talk about this in the pre-show meeting and even a little bit, I think, in the first hour of the show? What if Dan Quinn is the first domino to fall? I mean, I remember saying this twice today already. Of what if it not not knowing the Sean Payton stuff, but just what if what if things are shifting? What if Dan Quinn, even if Sean Payton gets hired in two days, what if Dan Quinn gets hired today or tomorrow? Yeah. How much does that change things? Because there's so much buzz around Dan Quinn all of a sudden yes. in the last 24 to 48 hours.
1: Yeah, but what is so fascinating right now is maybe Sean Payton is the first domino to fall we yeah. Maybe it's just not into another organization. Still isn't. And being a head coach. The interview set up here tomorrow. Uh, I know, but it, it, how is it trending so far with Sean Payton? Not, not good. Not very well. Well, it is trending after
2: hearing that Ian Rappaport piece of I want Dan Quinn before anybody else could have <laughs> But We still have this
1: interview with Sean Payton. But right now, again, you've got this interview with Sean Payton. That's tomorrow. What is going on with Dan Quinn today? Because the Cardinals reportedly flew him in last last night okay hey what was that a little dinner maybe uh we'll start the interview tomorrow they already know he's not a jerk by your logic because they well, had the first dinner. Well, that's what i'm saying yeah. you know what uh, tuesday night of course was the are you a jerk we're gonna find out dan <laughs> could i work with you maybe that's it yeah that's the best way to do it bring him in have dinner <laughs> laugh again tell some jokes some interesting stories, be entertained, <laughs> that type of thing. You might have a chance to say, yeah, okay, tomorrow we'd like to interview you. And that could be happening even as we speak right now. Is it possible the Cardinals could possibly make an announcement even before they talk to Sean
3: Payton Well, that's what I was tomorrow? just going to say. Would you guys be okay if they canceled the interview with Sean Payton tomorrow? Yes. Yes or no?
2: That is like... Building up all this courage to ask the, the one person, the one girl to prom and then all of a sudden she says yes and then you bail on her for somebody else right before. <laughs> that doesn't always go well.
1: I never did that basically. on any means. So I was not somebody getting, out dating. there
2: driving around did that. Yes. And they're like, Yep, and it didn't go well. That I was guarantee you. Not a dater. Um you apparently weren't an interviewer either.
1: No, <laughs> We've learned a lot about you
2: today. Look, if if you if you think Dan Quinn is your guy, then you're afraid that if you wait till tomorrow, you might lose him. If you think he's your guy, then you got to do it. But I can tell you, in the perfect world, even if he is your guy, I would still like to take the Sean Payton interview. I know. Find out what he has to say about your offense and Kyler Murray, and then decide Dan Quinn is your guy tomorrow. Yeah, no.
1: Dan, could, Dan, we love you. Dan, we think you're great. Man, if we didn't have Sean Payton coming in tomorrow, we'd offer you the job right yeah, now. Don't say that. Perfectly. Okay, that sounds bad. Yeah.
2: <laughs> How about, Dan, let's try this. Dan, there's a lot of cool stuff in Arizona. Why don't you try the next 48 hours I'm looking into all these wonderful things in Arizona?
1: Where would you send them? Well, I figure you said him
2: The golfing. Grand
3: Canyon with no cell phone. Well, See,
1: that's, yeah, that's smarter. Okay. A little bit smarter. Everyone's yeah. seen the canyon. Not everybody has. I mean, you walk, it's Chevy you Chase. You need
3: somewhere where there's no phone service yeah. so he doesn't know what's going on elsewhere.
1: Yeah, we don't let anybody else call. We don't, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You walk up there, though, you're kind of, it's Chevy Chase. You walk, look, kids, it's a big hole. All right, Dan, you go hike Camelback
2: Mountain leave your cell phone here or just accidentally kind of misplace his cell phone. Just keep him busy for the next 24 hours so you can interview Sean Payton and then make a decision. Okay, I like that.
1: That's not bad at all.
3: So according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, billionaire mortgage lender Matt Ishbia's purchase of a majority stake in the Phoenix Suns and Mercury at a $4 billion valuation is expected to become official in the next two weeks with Ishbia assuming control prior to the February 9th NBA trade deadline. Nice, Matt Ish. What does this mean?
2: Uh, it's, it's the best news you could get other than Devin Booker is back, right? And Devin Booker's going to be back. Yeah, at some right. And this is huge. <laughs> and it, it's going to give James Jones, what, like a day or two to finalize a trade? I mean, I would assume if everybody knows Matt Ishbia is officially going to take over in two weeks and a trade happens three days before he's... Find the last paper. I don't know. I haven't bought an NBA team. I don't know what it's like. I assume this opens the door for the Suns to make moves more freely, which is good because he got like 14 and a half days to make a trade. Yeah.
1: That's fantastic. It's great news. If you're a Phoenix Suns fan, it's just great news, period, for the base. if you ask me, you got somebody coming in who loves the game, knows the game, and is loaded. Great combination.
3: The Phoenix Suns took care of business last night as they picked up their fourth straight win with a 128-97 victory over the Hornets last night. So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, What has impressed you the most in the Suns' four-game winning streak? Coaching, bench play, Cam Johnson's return, or Chris Paul's return?
1: I love the fact the Phoenix Suns are once again sharing the basketball. This, this to me, is part of their DNA, who they are. Uh, yeah, you don't have to be the same team that you were last season, of course. You've got to do things differently. But sharing the ball, that amaniism, if you will. They did it again last night. At one point, they had 39 made field goals in the game and 32 assists in the game. They finished with 48... I don't know, 38, 38 assists last night on 49 field goals. You said that like you're on The Price is Right. <laughs> like, I just, I'm remembering it again. I'm not looking at anything right now. I'm remembering it. So they shared the ball. I love that. That's a Phoenix Suns trait.
2: What do you ever have up on that computer? Just Frank Reich's age? Because uh, you never look at anything. <laughs> No, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Cam Johnson's return. I, Chris Paul's return is encouraging the way he has looked, but Cam Johnson's return seems to have triggered everything else and the play of some of these guys around him. That's been the most impressive. I and mean, Cam Johnson's play has been impressive. Chris so, Paul,
3: fifty-seven percent say Cam Johnson's return, twenty-four percent say the bench play, fifteen percent Chris Paul's return, and four percent coaching.
2: Whoa. All right, that was wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you, as always, Aaron. Uh, when we come back, I can tell you what, before that, we are less than three weeks away from Super Bowl 57 to Bud Light, FanDuel, and Arizona Sports. We want you to be there in person, so text SUPER to 62620 to register and listen for your name. Starting February 6th, you can register, you can score a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl, plus you will win tickets to the following events, the FanDuel Party, the Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl experience, so text SUPER to 62620. It's all access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. Now when we come back. We'll get more into the Dan Quinn stuff with two-time Super Bowl champion Max Starks. He's going to join us for Maximum Football next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports,
0: the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Max Starks. Max Starks. Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Please welcome
4: from the University of Florida. Tackle Max Starks.
2: All right, Max Starks joins us now for an hour of maximum football. So you figure we have to get the absolute most out of this next hour, because by definition, it's supposed to be maximum football. Max, how's it
1: going?
4: I, I, I'm i I'm, re- I'm ready to squeeze the juice. Let, right. let, let's let's
1: do it. Let's do it. How are you, gentlemen? We're doing well, man. What's on your mind though, right now, Max? As you're, you know, the you, here we are. We're sitting on the outskirts of the football universe. What is the one thought you continue to have bombarding through your brain?
4: I just think about you know, the future of the quarterback position, right? (laughs) Why do you think about the future of the quarterback position? Because, you know, because I'm just looking at the amount of young guys that are in this championship weekend. Yeah. And there's not a lot of age separating any of them. And then all of the young talent that is still in this league – talking year six and under and thinking about back when i played like you know there was a clear dissemination you know in ages it was almost like it was almost like a food pyramid of football right um and you had, like, Brady and Manning up here. Drew Brees trying to get in that conversation. Then there was, like, the Eli category and the Philip Rivers of the world, right? And then Aaron Rodgers comes in. And there's just, like, all of these. Whereas this one, it feels like there's just more equitable talent across the board for the young guys. They don't look as young. They don't act as young, um, and it's just pretty cool. It's just pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Just, just thinking about the future of how that looks. And then also wondering, you know, the last position I feel like to really evolve in this whole process is offensive linemen. And what what's our next evolutionary step in the sport of football? You know, what... New things can be created because obviously we look at defense right You have hybrid players that are playing all over the place. you have edge rusher category, pass rush specialist categories for the defensive lineman they 're getting leaner, faster, quicker, but for offensive line we 're getting smaller, but i it 's like where is that where is that next step that they take what what becomes you know, the cool thing. Remember we had, used to have, like, the tight and the strong tackles and guards? Yes. Where they, they literally would go to the strength and the weak side. Like, yes. Like, I mean, th- you think about that. Like, that's the only thing. And that, and going overload with an offensive line. Like, really, where's the innovation for offensive line? So, so that's what's, that's what's been on my mind as far as the I say, the look
1: at Trent Williams. Look at Trent Williams and how the 49ers use him from time to time. That's very interesting, but I digress. All right, so, Max, yeah. you,
2: you walked, straight, walked right into this. We uh, had this uh, version of this conversation earlier, and we decided, okay, you know, looking at some of these lists from before the season, you know, who are the best quarterbacks in the NFL? The reason Wolf and I had this discussion is it kind of feels like there has been a little bit of a shift at the top. So if I asked you to rattle off your top five quarterbacks, and I'll give you mine just as sort of a reference board since we're springing yeah. this on you, uh, how, how would you have them? Because for me, I went Herbert five, Jalen Hurts four, although he may move up in the next couple weeks, Josh Allen three, Joe Burrow two, Patrick. Patrick Mahomes won. Do you disagree with any of that? And and how volatile is it with the way Josh Allen
4: finished the season? You, you know, I, I think you're still you're in a good place. I, I, I think I would probably argue the semantics that after this weekend, you know, you could see that jump for Jalen Hurts just because he's been so impactful, so tremendous. I probably put him in front of uh, Josh Allen just because. You know, as it goes right now, it looks very similar to Philip Rivers. Um, yeah, that and that and that's that's the zone you don't want to fall in. But it's like I have all these great numbers. There's always these great high expectations, and then something happens. There's always a but. There's always an until. There's always well, if this didn't happen, in case you know, there's always something with it. Whereas Joe Burrow. Honestly, would probably if they win again, you know Joe Burrow would 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 have gone four and zero against Patrick Mahomes, and last two being at home for God. you know, you know for actually actually the last three. I apologize, the last three because the AFC championship game last year was yes. there and they yeah. beat them yes. and then they quit the regular season and beat them. And if you go there again, it will no longer be chiefs kingdom. It will be Bengals kingdom that leases time to the chiefs when the Bengals are not there. Yes. Um, if it happens. So you would argue that Joe Burrow might squeak past Patrick Mahomes, uh, in, See, in, this in that lineup is, at the top
1: five. Yes, this, is, this is my struggle right now. It is Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. It is. You, have Bur- you don't have Burrow one though yet, right? No, I, I do I, not. I, I, think I have Patrick are... Mahomes, number one. Um I, I love his demeanor. I love who he is, but Joe Burrow's got a lot of that something-something that you know, Max, is really important, I think, at the quarterback position. It's not a guarantee. and You, you don't have to have a huge amount of swag to be an excellent quarterback, but Joe Joe has got a little bit of that. And to your point in regard to the Bengals and how well they match up against the Kansas City Chiefs, the fact that they have never trailed entering the fourth quarter the last three times they've played the Kansas City Chiefs, last three times they've played them, they've never trailed going into the fourth quarter. And they've won all three of those games. That That is... That that's we talk about when somebody else has got your number. That's Exhibit A right there.
4: Yeah, that's Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's what it is. And you want to and you want to see that match. We now we thought this matchup was going to be Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, but we have not gotten that. Joe Burrow said, "Hold up, hold up a second, oh, I, <laughs> I got something to say about this." And then we thought, "Oh, it's going to be Pat Mahomes and Justin Herbert." That has yep. not happened. Joe Burrow has been the one that has really been through the ashes and through the fire of this of this Chiefs Bengals matchup and has come out on top each and every time. And so whereas the other ones are good and that, and that's why I think also the quandary of all these equitable quarterbacks, right? And and where they are and their emergences, but it's still, I mean, right now, episode four, right? Joe Burrow, Burrow Mahomes, and, and, and out there in Kansas City, I think is is going to be the lead story for some years to come. Well, it's it's crazy because, for me, I spend a lot of, of watching
2: Brady and Manning thinking, like, what I'm watching, Peyton Manning looks like the better quarterback. But Brady kept winning. Yes. And so if, yep. if Joe Burrow goes in there and, and beats the Chiefs this weekend, which I think is going to happen, you know, I'm still probably going to look at that and say, okay, Mahomes is hurt. Mahomes has won a Super Bowl. Uh, Mahomes has been there. It, to me, Mahomes is still going to be number one. But the crazy thing about this is three of these guys on this list have a chance to win a Super Bowl in the next couple of weeks. So if Joe Burrow wins a Super Bowl in a couple of weeks here in Glendale, or if Jalen Hurts wins a Super Bowl, he, I, I'm with Max. He probably moves up to number three. There's so many like football lists in the off season that are just kind of like, okay, what, what, what is the point of this? But this one, we're talking about the best quarterback in the league right now, yeah. and the fact that it's it's legitimately changing right before our very eyes. That, that, to me, is, is pretty interesting, especially because one of these guys is about to get a Super Bowl ring. And Josh Allen, to Max's point, is kind of in the Phillip Rivers zone, at least for another year, Of he's going to have to watch somebody else win a Super Bowl ring, which is not a great spot to be in. All right, Texas, your thoughts to the Vandal text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Uh, we'll get into the Dan Quinn stuff, the coaching situation, how quickly that could be changing, I don't know, in the next 24 hours. Four hours? Yeah. We're going to talk to uh, to Max Starks about that. Maximum football continues next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Thanks. Arizona Sports. Dark. Max Starks. Max Starks. Maximum football. Maximum football. With Wolf and Luke. Brought to you by Carol Royce. Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Okay, welcome back to the
2: show. We've got Max Starks here for Maximum Football. And Max, we've been obviously talking a lot of head coaching carousel. One of the names that has really emerged, I would say, it wasn't even really much of the conversation a week ago when we talked to you, has been Dan Quinn. And I want to start there with you, because obviously you're connected up and down the National Football League and just in that football world. It has been impressive and and somewhat surprising how many people have so many good things to say about Dan Quinn and I know typically when a guy is up for coaching positions you know there's there's always there's not going to be a whole lot of people coming out bashing him but it just feels like this guy's reputation around the NFL is about as high as it could be in terms of coaching acumen for a guy that isn't a head coach yet we played the clip earlier of Larry Fitzgerald from a couple months ago saying he'd be my number one choice you know we we've we've heard from different cowboys reporters you hear from different players and coaches around the league about oh yeah no, Dan Quinn should and will be a head coach um what what's just your impression of Dan Quinn
4: uh for, for my <clears throat> time being around and 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 like you said conversing with other individuals i feel like it is it has been something that's been consistent is that Dan Quinn, when he was relieved of duties from the Atlanta Falcons, um, it was only a matter of time. You know, the Atlanta Falcons and their decision to let him go um, was more so they felt it was staleness on their part, even though, you know, you made it to the Super Bowl. and Yes, you did have one of the largest comebacks in Super Bowl history. You got there as a franchise and I think the players respect Dan Quinn a whole heck of a lot and then like you said executives and guys who have worked with him in the past have said glowing things about him Um, you know reporters up in Seattle talked about Dan Quinn for years like man it's only a matter of time before this guy gets his shot got his shot had mixed results but he still had a, a highlight making it to the Super Bowl so You know, for Dan Quinn, this was only a matter of time. Um, You know, my biggest question is when you think about him and the fit with the Cardinals, um, it's really going to come down to who he brings on the offensive staff that can manage expectations and manage the offensive side of the ball. Because you had such an offensive-centric-minded coach that catered to it and was, was used to it and was enveloped in it. That, you know, to go for a defensive-minded coach, who is he going to trust to handle the offensive side of the ball? And I'm sure he'll be more democratic in his time, right? He'll be more of a true head coach. But who he picks and who he brings on that staff is really going to matter. Does that resonate with the guys on that side of the ball, the leaders on that side, the players whichever ones are left um will they resonate with that so a big job for him to really show what his depth of his his pull is to find the right guys that will fit in properly but dan quinn as a head coach i love it i I mean larry would know more than i but at the same time i have to say that you know on the optic side of it i mean it makes some sense i don't know if it's the perfect fit but it is a good fit
1: Max, does it feel like the shine has come off of Sean Payton just a little bit here? And if so, why?
4: You know, I I, I don't understand. The only barrier I can see Wolf, would be monetarily. Yeah. What is he asking? And is it truly a king's ransom? That's the only thing I can think that would be a caution or somebody to put You know, some type of little asterisk next to Sean Payton's name, because when it comes to the skill, the resume, the personality, all of those things, check the boxes. Compensation would be my only caveat that could possibly be a deterrent, which I thought it would would be here for what Sean Payton would command.
1: Monetarily, of course, and the compensation for the Saints as well. Yeah. Yes.
4: Absolutely. Yes. Double, Double compensation. Yep.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: Max, what do you make of this? We got this Ian Rappaport sound, I don't know, like a half hour ago, and so we kind of reacted to it in the moment, but I want to get your thoughts on it, too. This is from NFL Now, talking about Sean Payton's the coaching search and, and how he's fitting into it right now.
5: When this all started, the assumption was, as soon as Sean Payton decides where he's going to go, then everyone else will know where they're going to go, and then the coach Coaching searches will resume from there. It's now reached a different point. If you go through the different places that Sean Payton has interviewed, it does not seem like a second interview is coming with any of those places. First of all, the Carolina Panthers were interviewed, where he already interviewed. Have Frank Reich uh, and Steve Wilkes along with Kellen Moore, in for second-slash-first interviews there. That seems to be the list as of now. You have the Denver Broncos, who seem to be focusing their attention elsewhere. Not saying he's out. But they do seem to be focusing elsewhere. You have the Houston Texans, who have not yet requested a second interview with Sean Payton. And then he's going to the Arizona Cardinals for a first interview. That is going to be tomorrow, assuming they get through the Dan Quinn interview and make no moves today. So what am I saying, Mike Garofalo? I'm saying that as of right now, it does not seem like there is a place for Sean Payton. We'll see. But it does not seem like there is a place in the coaching world right now.
2: All right. So, Max, this is the two things that jump out to me when I hear that one it's uh it seems to be more and more likely that maybe he just does this again next year and and waits for you know Dallas or the Chargers or some other job to open up like that but the second thing is if the Arizona Cardinals really want him it sure seems like Sean Payton's available right now we're 2 weeks into this he hasn't signed with anybody else
4: yeah, no. If you want him, you can go get him. But buyer beware. You still got to you still got to deal with the, with the, with those folks down there in New Orleans, and maybe that is what the barrier is for a lot of these other teams, and why they could why they didn't proceed further. So that's what I'm thinking. Reading to the tea leaves, I'm sure they, the other teams wanted to, but they also saw what that price tag was. You know, coupled with what. Sean Payton would would require is what the Saints would require to retain the services of Sean Payton that makes it really tough
1: so Max how much stock do you put into the fact that Dan Quinn has been in the league for over 20 years of course and he's been with six different organizations and the ability to build a coaching staff the last coaching staff that he was on we went over this it was incredible to see it it basically was a who's who amongst future head coaches in the National Football League Uh, I think there's something to that as well do you
4: no, I think it is. I mean, there, there, there's something special about true leaders of men. They bring the best out of those that they surround themselves with. They elevate their game, which in all, which in essence elevates all those around them, and it forces them to be better and more accountable. And therefore, when you have that type of environment, yes, it's ripe for. Other head coaches, because you know, that's why we get into the whole coaching tree and where these guys came from because it matters. Like coaching trees matter. Yeah. Um, when teams are evaluating these, which tree did he come from? Did he come from Parcells, right? Did he come from here? Did he come from Belichick? Did he come from Saban? Oh, did he come from my, where, where they come from? Where are all these different coaches coming from? They all matter because all of those things lend the influence that that coach is going to have already in his mindset but also how he inflects into into those young men as well when they're leading them. So I think it's that combination and that balance that you must have between, you know, where he's come from and who he's bringing along with him. Max And I know there's no definitive answer to this, but why do you think
2: we are over two weeks into this and none of these five teams have hired a head coach? And at least a team like the Cardinals, you can look at and say, okay, well, they just they just moved on from Cliff two weeks ago. Some of these teams like Carolina and certainly Indianapolis, and I would imagine to a certain extent,
4: even Denver, have known they were going to be looking for a coach for a long time. Got to wait for D'Amico Ryan to get free. Just joking. No, um, <laughs> but you have to think that there, 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 there's a number of coaches who are on these teams that are progressing towards a Super Bowl, right? Steichen as well, out of out of Philly. I'm sure they want to take a stab at him and. So, I think that that's the reason why a couple of these teams are kind of banking on some of those coaches. Now, they have requested for them, but I don't think they can ask for a second until, you know, after this weekend, they'll decide how they're going to proceed. Because if they are going for a Super Bowl, that's a little bit longer delay. But if the, you know, championship weekend is the end of it, then they'll obviously have a lot more leeway. So, I think that's kind of part of it. And the other ones, we're just waiting to see the dust cell. I mean, there's a there, there, there are what? Um, well, now after Bill O'Brien going yesterday, what are ten offensive coordinator positions still wide open? I want to say, yeah, I think you're uh, right. There actually, was 13, there was thirteen at one point. So I mean, when you look at that, that that makes it, woo. You know, there's a lot of things that need to be filled, not only staffs, but. High-ranking positions on teams that are stable, so it, so it's it's one of those things. There's a lot of vacancies, and I think a lot of indecision on, on a lot of people's parts. And there, I think after championship weekend, you start to get a little bit clearer picture.
2: All right, we come back. We'll get back to the stuff that's happening on the field. What is Max's biggest takeaway from the NFL playoffs been so far? And who would he like to see in the Super Bowl in Glendale in a couple of weeks? Maximum football continues. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Ooh.
0: Arizona Sports. Max starts. Max maximum Max footballs. Football. 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 With Wolf and Luke. Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com.
2: All right, we got the final four set, obviously. In the NFL, I don't think anybody's jumping in their car right now and be like, what? We know who the final four teams are? Uh, I think everybody already knew that, but Max Starks joining us here for Maximum Football. Uh, Max, I look at these two games, and and to me, they are going to be potentially two very distinctly different games in the sense that the AFC Championship looks like a matchup of, I would say, the two best quarterbacks in football. Uh, We don't know how healthy Patrick Mahomes is going to be, but I assume he's going to play. Then over the NFC... You've got the Eagles and that high-flying offense, and they have a good defense too, but a high-flying offense against that just ridiculous defense the 49ers have. Where do you want to start? Because to me, these are probably the four most deserving teams to be here, and I don't think we usually get that. Usually one or two teams that maybe doesn't belong sneaks in. I don't think that's the case this year.
4: No, I I don't think so either. I mean, it's what it's one it's one versus 2 and one versus 3. Uh, so well, mean, and, and a
2: combined 39 and 4 since Halloween these four teams and one of the losses was the Chiefs to the Bengals so you could kind of toss that one out.
4: Yeah, so um I just think it's it's when you look at it it, it it's it's really remarkable. That the best because usually you know there's that Cinderella team right that team that was maybe a fr- you know on the fringe that probably could have won the division that didn't so therefore they were the high seed you know it was the Dallases of the world um, that it was like oh that team might be able to squeak into it but. No, I mean, the te- these teams are all good for a reason. All these teams are riding win streaks um, as well. Uh, no- none bigger than San Francisco, right? Uh, you know, when you look at, when you're in the double-digit win streak category, it's that's pretty special. That means you have not lost that often, and the reason why is because for unforeseen circumstances such as weather, as such. But um, no, I, I'm excited to see both, and both these games are awesome matchups. I mean, like you said, there's the killer offense, which is which is Philadelphia's versus the killer defense, and then you have on the AFC side, you have two juggernauts that match Mm -hmm. up well that have gone against each other that are both high-flying offenses and i would actually say the defenses are comparable with a slight edge to cincinnati because because of their pass rush capability so it's it's just they're two very well balanced games that look to be rock solid right they look like teams that match up great against each other
1: so when you look in the nfc right now what is the fulcrum point for that game what do you think if you had to boil it down as i hit you with a producer question right here max you can't have two (laughs) you can't have three you're ridiculous what's the one thing you think will turn the tide the one matchup in this game against the the eagles and the 49ers what is that
4: Ooh, this is a good one. I'm glad you asked this one, Producer Wolf. Um, (laughs) It makes you think, doesn't it? Well, it does because, I mean, there's a bunch of micro matchups that I really want to see because it's going to be... Fred Warner versus Jalen Hurts and how he reads him. But then also on that right side of the line, Lane Johnson versus Nick Bosa would be another premium beat. See, for me, can I
1: just jump in and tell you the Eagles pass rush in Brock Purdy?
4: Yeah, I mean, but that's too broad. I'm giving you an specific one. I want (laughs) want the mono-y mono. You wanted the mono-y mono, I see. Of course you did. You brought God that you are. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, I could obviously say the, the first defense in NFL history that has 10-plus sacks with four, from four different guys on the team, yes, that pass rush is ferocious. And that doesn't even include Fletcher Cox in there. He's not one of the 10 sackers. It's the other four guys, Brandon Graham, Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, and everybody else. But I think even more fine-tuned, it has to be that cerebral chessboard match between players. And so that's what I was looking at mm. was, because those individuals and how they can play, because both of them will know the play, right? Fred Warner's going to know the play, Jalen Hurts going to know the play for their respective sides. How do I implement these pieces and how do I read that guy and see where, when it, where his bluff is? That's one that I think is going to be a premium mono mono matchup. Good stuff. Alright,
2: this feels weird. I'm going to play this audio clip. This is the first time I've done this since everything at ASU. This is Herm Edwards talking about how the 49ers can stop Jalen Hurts. This is, this is going to be strange. Okay. Okay, okay, I'm going to just click the button and move on with my life.
0: What do you do to stop it? Do you bring the safety out of the middle of the defense when he starts that RPO process going to the side? And if you do, that's great, but understand this. If he pulls it and he throws it down the middle of the field, no one's at home. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. He balances the field. He makes it 11-on-11 football. 49ers are good enough, though, defensively to do some things. Those linebackers, you talk about run, hit, and shed blocks. That one guy, that had fifty-four fella. Ooh, boy, he's really good. They are a fast defense. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, they run from sideline to sideline. This is going to great. Going be a great matchup,
2: guys. Now, I'll be honest. There's a lot of other questions I'd like to ask Herm Edwards before that one of how the 49ers stopped Jalen Hurts about college football. Yeah. Max, what you heard right there, what do you think of that? Because the 49ers, this, this matchup is so difficult for me to figure out. Like Chiefs-Bengals, I feel like the Bengals are going to win. Eagles-49ers, I would not feel comfortable picking against that Niners defense at all. And yet, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles had the best record for a reason.
4: Yeah, no, I mean, and this is what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to seeing who that premium matchup is going to be. Whose fortune favors the bold? You know, can Brock Purdy keep up with the pace that Jalen Hurts is going to be? Is Jalen Hurts truly, you know... In a better place post-shoulder injury, has he healed enough? And can he stabilize himself enough? Because he's going to have to throw himself out of some situations. They're not going to be able to just run roughshod like they did against the New York Giants a week ago through Leonard Williams and, uh, and and Dexter Lawrence last week. Like, this is going to be a tougher crew. And then that Philadelphia Eagles pass rush, you still got to get past Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey. Um so there there's a lot where both of these these lines are built to neutralize each other. So the question is which, which side of the damn cracks first, right? You know, um, is it going to be the San Fran side or is it going to be the Philly side? Because I think it's both fantastic offenses, but Brock Purdy's your X Factor because he's so young and we've seen him be a little bit more human and not otherworldly like he has been most of the season. We've seen the ups and downs of rookie quarterback play, so does the rest of the team support him in that moment if he does turn back to a mere mortal?
1: So I have to ask you right now, we've been talking an awful lot about the championship weekend coming up here. Who do you think is actually going to be in the Super Bowl? What do you see the
4: Super Bowl matchup being, and why? All right, let's see. Let's go, let's go with my best PC. See if I can annoy Wolf. Answer. Um... <laughs> I think that you know what Wolf. I think it's the team that ha- that scores more points than the other. One. So I think that team <laughs> will be the best
1: equipped. You don't like predictions either, is that what you're saying?
4: I'm not a huge prediction fan, you yeah. know. But but I do. But I but I, because I love this matchup so much, I don't want to rush that process. Right? I yeah. want to enjoy Sunday. Yeah. Because I don't want to give. I want. I don't want to cheapen That's that a great experience answer. when I when I sit down and watch it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. Honestly, you. Wa- I want to see good games. That's what yeah. I want to see. But you know, and I think we're what I feel to see like good games. going to see. Yeah. It's
4: going to be. It's going to be. They're going to be. I. I feel like the. Both these teams are so well matched. It's going to be amazing to see. How they crack each other, you know what I'm saying? Like it's going to be amazing to watch. It's like watching a Rubik's cube contest, right? Who can who can who can put the cube together the fastest out of the jumble? And it's going to be interesting. And I, I, I'm just I'm just excited for Sunday.
2: It better be better than watching a Rubik's cube contest. I will be disappointed on Sunday if it's like that,
4: Max. Uh, no, look, it, I would be ecstatic. I love Rubik's cubes. Have You <laughs> seen when they start doing the you know not only the just the little three by threes, but you get the four and the five by fives. I mean, those are crazy. Yeah, that's. Sounds scintillating. I can't imagine any of these games being lopsided unless
2: Patrick Mahomes is, like, you know, too hurt to play or he goes out there and hobbles through two series and then we see a lot of Chad Henney. Otherwise, I mean, Bengals Chiefs should come down to which quarterback makes a play at the end, which is what we all want to see. And Eagles 49ers, man, usually when we get to this point, to me the Super Bowl prediction with four teams left is you almost just kind of close your eyes, and who do you see getting there? And I'll be honest, I keep seeing Cincinnati and Philadelphia, but I cannot in good conscience pick against the 49ers. I just can't.
1: Because of that defense right there. For me, honestly, uh, the, the matchup of Brock Purdy I'm sorry. The matchup of Brock Purdy against that number one rated pass rush of the Philadelphia Eagles. Number one in sacks per attempt. And they turn over their opponent via interception as well. Number six in the league in interception ratio. The Philadelphia Eagles. Is this the game It finally catches up to Brock
2: Purdy? All I can tell you is the final score of that game is going to be 24-20. I just can't tell you who wins. That's all I can tell you. Is that good enough? Is
1: that anything? <laughs> no, it isn't.
2: Well, I tried. All right, we come back, Mel Kiper Jr. has released his first mock draft of the year. So who does he have the Cardinals taking at number 3? And what does he say about that pick? He had pretty strong words, actually. And does Max Starks agree? We'll get into all that next. It's Wolf and Luca on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.